I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited about what we've been learning these last several weeks. We've just been talking about Jesus. And if you're new here today, Project Church is all about Jesus. And everything hinges on Jesus. Every, all of our power, all of our energy, everything hinges on Jesus Christ. And we're just going to continue in this series. And today my message is, is entitled, Posture Over Perfection. Somebody say, Posture over perfection. Yeah, that's, thank you. <laughs> Posture. So the last few weeks we've been talking about how to walk worthy, how to walk a consistent life, how to walk out wisdom, how to walk a rooted life, how to walk a free life. Amen. Last week was so good, babe. Caleb preached last week. Sorry, babe is my husband. Um, and finally today we are talking about how to walk a holy life. A holy life. And you know, every time, I, I honestly feel like anytime I've been asked to preach or in the middle of a sermon series, I end up talking about holiness. And there's something that comes on me that feels almost like I'm not good enough to preach this message. And I have moments of, man, why did I get this week? <laughs> because the idea of holiness is pretty heavy. We just sang a song about holy ground. And when we get in the presence of Jesus and he changes us, his presence meets us and the ground with which we're standing and we're rooted in is holy. But not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And so I want you to know that today the message is about living a holy life and none of us are able to do it. None of us are able to do it without Jesus. And all of we need to remember is that perfection is not our pursuit, but a posture of humility is. So I'm going to say to you today, walking a holy life is about a posture, not perfection. Man, I got really excited about it. I, I wasn't like expecting this, but then like all that stuff was happening, like the mic didn't work and... Um, Joelle just freaking killed it on announcements, and I was like all jumbled up, and here I am wanting to talk to you guys about holiness. And I'm, I'm ready for us to go deeper into this concept that Jesus is all we need in order to be holy. Legalism, no more. Elemental spirits and humanistic spirits of this world. In the past, the Church of Colossians, they were, they were surrendered to other gods. Then they started meeting people who were, who were Jewish Christians, and they're like, I have to start fulfilling a law, and then they were becoming legalistic. But God is saying to us today, and Jesus is saying to us, I freed you from the elemental spirits and philosophies that the Church of Colossians had come up against and that they were used to, which those spirits are still around here today. They're just called different things. And legalism back in the day was is still legalism here today. So I'm telling you, we have the same temptations that the Colossians had, but Jesus came to free it back then, and he came to free it for today. <laughs> Essentially, Colossians is all about the supremacy of Jesus. And because he is supreme, he is also sufficient. Jesus is sufficient. He is our perfection. We don't have to be perfect. He is our perfection. So we can walk in holiness because he is the perfect one. I love what you said, Caleb. You know, I really love my husband. I'm doting on him right now. But it was a great quote. It was the Holy Spirit on him. I love the Holy Spirit too. 
But he said this, we, are, we aren't prisoners to perfection because perfection already paid the price. So when it comes to this idea of perfection, honestly, I feel like when people outside of the church here, um, I'm sorry, when it comes to this idea of walking a holy life, people, especially outside of the church, sometimes within, within the church, they equate perfection to walking a life of holiness. But we need to give that up today in Jesus' name. Holiness isn't perfection. It's a posture of surrender. And if we can just get it in our minds that holiness is a posture of surrender, then I would also submit to you that I think the reason it's hard for some of us to follow Jesus and the reason why some people don't want to follow Jesus is because they have a hard time not walking a holy life, but actually they have a hard time surrendering to Jesus. So again, holiness isn't perfection, it's a posture of surrender. But if you're having a hard time following Jesus and a hard time being a part of a community of believers, if you're having a hard time belonging to something greater than yourself, if you're having a hard time being in community, I wonder if you're having a hard time with surrender. So today I'm talking about walking a holy life. We're going to be able to do that today. I believe it. And because we've been set free, I think some of us need to be reminded and be set free again. Amen? So open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians 3, 1 through 17. I actually love this book of the Bible. It's actually my very favorite. And when I was a camp counselor at a camp called Camp Kanakuk in college, um, coached these girls in basketball, um, I made my campers for like it was a two-week camp, I made them memorize this scripture, all of Colossians 3. So can I get, I, I wasn't, I'm going to do it, babe. I didn't ask you, but if you thought it was silly, but I'm just going to, um, does anybody know the song, The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round? Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. With Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you have died and your life is now hidden. Nobody? Okay. All right. Okay. So I wasn't going to do that. I probably just shouldn't have. But I just want you to know, we've been going verse by verse. I could sing the whole thing to you. Do you guys, who wants to hear me do it? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, this scripture has been embedded with me because of memorizing it for those two weeks with my campers. And to this day, I called my co-counselor this last week, or I, I Marco Polo her, and I was just like, oh my gosh, do you remember since that, and then we both started singing it together, and it was so crazy. But I'm telling you, we've been going verse by verse, and there's something to memorizing the scripture and hiding it in our hearts so that we might not sin against God. If you want to walk a holy life, hide the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against Him. I won't sing it, but we're going to read it. It's a lot of verses Colossians 3 1 through 17. But there is this knee jerk action to to sing the NIV version, but I'm reading it in the ESV. Here we go. If then you have been raised in Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is your life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death therefore ever, therefore, 
See, it's the song in my head. <laughs> Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account to these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put... You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no, not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. That is our theme verse. Jesus is enough. Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen people, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you left it for us. And thank you that you continue to speak to us through it. God, may we understand that today, that you are speaking to us. It's not this person on a mic. It's the Holy Spirit through the word of God speaking to our hearts today. May it change us. May it transform us. And may we leave here different because of what you do in our hearts and minds today. Break free in Jesus' name. I'm saying that to all of you. Break free in Jesus' name. May there be a spirit of revelation that takes over this place. Revelation in your heart and your mind. And may it give you the strength to act it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, verse 12, it says this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Holy and dearly loved. We are called to holiness. And this actual scripture is broken up into three sections, and I want you to follow me in on it. But verses 1 through 4, it kind of gives you the mindset upon which a holy life can be built, verses 1 through 4. Then we'll move to verses 5 through 11, and it really tells us how we can live a holy life in light of the mindset that we have. And then finally, 12 through 17, we'll talk about how to live out a holy life. That's how these scriptures are going to be broken up. So let's focus on the first section, verses 1 through 4. It's the mindset upon which you build your life. It says this in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, if you have accepted Jesus, and a lot of us have, if you've accepted him into your life, he's the Lord of your life, you want to follow him all days of your life, you say you love him, you confess him. If that is you, then you should be doing this. Seek the things that are above and then verse 2 says, set your minds on things above. And I love that 
because the mindset is heavenly and not earthly. So what the scripture is telling us and what Jesus is telling us, Paul is reminding us, is that we no longer have citizenship in this world. Our citizenship as a raised person in Christ is in heaven. So we are now spiritual, heavenly beings, and we are living on this earth, so it's hard. Um, we have these things, these elemental spirits, this legalism, all these knee-jerk reactions in our human nature coming against us. But what Christ is telling us and Paul is telling us is that we now have citizenship in heaven. And if we have a family in heaven, we can belong to a believer, a group of believers here who are kind of like our, um, our heavenly family here on earth. So we need to start acting like we're heavenly. But we're not going to just be able to do it by changing our behavior. It's by changing our mindset that we're going to start walking in a holy manner. Change your mindset. So the mindset of heaven is to think about eternal things. The mindset of earth is to think about the here and now. The mindset of heavenly things is to be like, what kind of generosity can I, what kind of money can I give to be generous because it's my privilege so that the future generations can know about Jesus. That's like a heavenly mindset. But then an earthly mindset is, how can I get that Gucci bag now? Yes, please, amen. You know, like that's a here and now mindset. And then you have, you have this mindset of asking God what you want, what he wants for your life. And you're saying, God, what do you want me to do? Do I take this job or do I not take the job and pursue nonprofit work? That's an eternal mindset. But other times it's also, God, I... Should I pursue this nonprofit or should I be wise and take on this state job, for instance? Well, I don't know what it is, but you asking God is a heavenly mindset, whereas the earthly mindset is, God, what can I do for me? What's going to make me have the most comfortable lifestyle right now? What is going to help me pay for all that, that pool that I want in the backyard? What's going to help me build that mansion I want one day? That is an earthly mindset. So essentially, a selfless mindset is an eternal mindset. And a selfish mindset is, is an earthly mindset. And so if we're going to build a holy life here on earth, then we need to start being selfless. Here's what it says in verse 3. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Man, when I think about being hidden in Christ... I think, man, it is, if we're supposed to be hidden in Christ, have this heavenly mindset, it is impossible to do this in a society that says build a platform for yourself, build your own company, put yourself out there on social media, tell everybody about what you're doing every second of the day on Insta stories. It is hard to follow Jesus if you're always projecting and presenting yourself to the public, Amen. How many people have had a struggle with that? And it's like, okay, I'm going to fast social media. Like Caleb got so annoyed because he didn't like that my family wasn't my screensaver. It was like, uh, it, was said no so it said social media and it had a cross on it, like a Ghostbuster no on it. And he's like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm being holy. I'm trying to, you know, fast social media. And I'm telling you, it is hard in this day and age because I have even seen this. Might be a little pet peeve, but I'm going to turn around for the glory of God, right? Here, <laughs> that sometimes when we are talking about how vulnerable we are on social media, we're actually creating a platform for ourselves. Has anybody ever seen that? 
And here's the thing. Sometimes when we, when we are being vulnerable and we put it out there, it's not, we're not being held accountable to anybody that we know. We're just throwing it out there because there's a really good chance the people that we barely know, six friends out of our circle, will say, yeah, you're right. Okay, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take a dig at anybody. I post vulnerable stuff sometimes on my social media too. But if you're not telling the things that you are putting out on social media to people in private first, then I would question what you're posting and if you have a heavenly mindset or an earthly mindset. It is hard in this day and age. I get it. It's hard for me. I understand. It's hard for all of us. But we have to be dedicated to having this mindset of surrender and humility and heavenly mindset. God, that I want to, I am a citizen of heaven. No longer am I going to be acting and operating in my earthly ways. I'm going to do everything I can to be the heavenly person and being that you have called me to be. I am in the family of God. I belong to you. I love what the message version says. It says this, instead of for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. It says, meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Can we be content with not being known? Can we be content to follow Jesus and no one ever knows our name? That's a heavenly mindset, and it's challenging me, and I hope it's challenging you. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit and his word saying, be content. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, pursue a quiet life, working with your hands so that you may, my God may be glorified through that work. Whoa, it got quiet. Even in my spirit, I got quiet this week. I was like, shoot. And I was really quiet on social media. I was also sick too. But anyways, I was just trying to be holy. Okay, so let's move on to the second section section of this. Have a heavenly mindset. In verses 5 through 11, we're going to attack or tackle, excuse me, what it means to be holy. Number one, holiness is a choice. Holiness is a choice. Verse 5 through 9, it says this, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Put to death. Put to death. That's a choice. You can let things live, but you have the choice to put it to death. You know, even the, the definition of holy is dedicated or consecrated to God or for or a religious purpose. It's sacred. Man, we're holy people here, right? We are from Sacramento, right? The sacraments. We have a choice to be holy. Not everybody is in, in Sacramento is holy just because they live in Sacramento. Am I right? Not everybody in church is holy just because they're going to church, right? It is a choice to be holy. When you dedicate yourself to something, gosh, when you dedicate yourself to practicing basketball, when you dedicate yourself to being a better parent, when you dedicate yourself to something, you're giving up something else and you're saying, I'm dedicating my time. I'm setting this aside so I can be set apart. That's what it takes to be holy. You have to make a choice. Did I say you have to make a choice to um, stop doing this or stop doing that? No, you make a choice to put to death things in your heart. In your heart first. And this can only happen after we have the mindset of humility. Mindset of surrender. Mindset of being hidden with Christ. 
So it says, put to death immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech, lying. And I can go on and on and give you the definitions of that. But I just want to remind you that this isn't a checklist that if you have like seven out of the ten of these, like you're 70% holy. If, you're, if you get like nine out of ten of them, you're 90% holy. That's not the case. Again, it's the posture of your heart. And I really want to come at you with like a super applicable way, like just get rid of this, get rid of that, and you got a checklist, and I want you all to walk out of your holy. But it's not. It's not that easy. What did I say? Because my friend said this, the cost of following Jesus is our healing oftentimes. And a lot of times the healing takes place in our hearts first. So this isn't a checklist. So some of you guys might have an issue with anger. I might be raised my um, slander, immorality. Like, it's, we're all the same. You may have four of them, Jason. Probably not. Probably just two. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You may have, like, six of them. Joelle? Nicole? Probably not. No, she's, <laughs> she's my friend. That's I'm joking. <laughs> but it's the posture of your heart that metrics your holiness. It's not the checklist of how many things you're doing wrong or right. And I just want to make a note real quick. It says put to death. When you're putting something to death, I just think that you're in battle. You're killing things off, right? You're putting things to death and you're in a battle. But here's the thing. When we're talking about this idea of battling with our flesh, how many times are we like, man, I just need to put to death the old person. That, oh, that anger came up again. That's just the old stuff. I need to, like, get rid of that. But sometimes I think we're fighting the wrong battles. Here's the thing. Since then, you have been raised to Christ. That means you've already put the old self to death. Do you hear me? Sometimes the, the battle is not with the old man. The old man is dead. The battle is with the condition of our heart and how much we're allowing God to invade our heart and change it and heal it and move it and transform it. Let's fight the right battle. The right battle is the old stuff. Oh, I just need to muster up the energy and I just muster it up to, to be good again. No, leave that work to Christ and what he can do in your heart. Amen? Let's fight the right battle. Number one, Holiness is a choice. Number two, holiness cannot be achieved alone. Holiness can't be achieved alone. You know, I was thinking about when I was reading the, this list, I'm just like, okay, I'm good, I'm good. No sexual immorality, no impurity, no passion, evil desire. I'm doing good, I'm doing good. And then it comes to verse 9. Do not lie to one another. And Paul brings in other people. He brings other people into the equation because here's what I've realized and recognized that holiness is pretty easy when people aren't around. Like when you're alone doing your quiet time and praying and then Instagramming it and showing everybody. No, just kidding. Don't because that's not holy. Anyway, just joking, jokes. Um, but you recognize that when you're alone, you're like, man, I am just feeling so holy. And then you're getting the kids ready for school. And then you're like ripping them a new, what are you doing? Get your shoes on. I've told you six times. And it's like, oh, there's the anger. It's getting old self. You know, you're getting all mad. But then you realize that this whole idea of holiness, excuse me, let me find it in my notes. <laughs> you realize that this whole concept of dying to yourself 
it's, it's you're, fight the right battle, essentially is what I'm saying. And I'm also trying to find my place in my notes. <laughs> you realize that, there's, here's what it is, guys. Found it. <laughs> you realize that when you run into people, holiness is no longer easy. And so what I'm saying to you today and what I submit to you today is that nothing's easy alone. I mean, everything can be easy alone, seemingly. But when you get into a place around people, you're challenged. You're challenged to a new level. You're challenged to a newer place. And so that's why I want to tell you what I was saying earlier, earlier in this message, that we need to get around people who are going to hold us accountable to our holiness that we experience on our own. Because I don't really think that it's true holiness until we're being holy around other people. Because, I mean, how many times have you said, a school would be so much easier if I didn't have that teacher. My work would be so much easier if I didn't have that boss. Church would be so much better if that pastor was not on staff. I mean, seriously, you can go on and on, but it's like, hello, all those people in your life are there to make you more holy. So we have to get to the place where we are not doing life alone. It says even in verse, verse 10, and put on new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The image of the creator is in all of us, right? We all bear the image of God. So we can't be holy alone if the image of God is in all of us, right? We've got to do it together. Holiness can't be achieved alone. And finally, not finally, totally, but just in this part, holiness is impossible apart from Christ. Holiness is impossible apart from Christ. And I guess I'm going back to this whole concept that the Colossians were struggling with these gods, these, these Greek and Roman gods that they had all worshipped and they were used to worshipping and now here they are presented Jesus and it's like, okay, so is Jesus another one of the gods that I'm going to worship alongside of these other gods that I've been worshipping? And Paul is saying, no, no. Your holiness and worshipping Jesus as a god is not, is not enough. Jesus alone is enough and all those other spirits and elemental spirits and gods God already put to shame, he said in Colossians 2. He's put to shame every other religion, every other God. And we've got to recognize that holiness is impossible apart from Christ. Paul is reminding us in this chapter that we are a new creation. We are a new creation. We're a part of this new family of Christ. And what makes us similar is the fact that we bear the image of our Father. So we have to walk this life out, pursuing holiness by becoming more like Christ. Sometimes holiness to us is becoming other things, attaining other things, ascending to other things, making sure that we're not doing these things and not doing that thing and, and, and saying no to this and no to that, but it's actually becoming more like Christ. Holiness is becoming more like Christ because Christ had the ultimate posture of humility and surrender when he gave his life on a cross. So holiness is impossible apart from Christ. So what is holiness? Yes, is having a posture of surrender because holiness strips everything of you off. 
it strips everything of you off. We become selfless and take on that eternal mindset. Amen? And finally, we're in this last section now, right? The first section was the mindset of Christ. The second session is, section was how, what is holiness? And finally, we're going to learn how can we actually be holy? And that's in verses 12, uh, where is it, 12 through 17. And I'm going to read this just because I love it. Put on then as God's chosen ones, all of you are chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, holy and beloved is what this version says. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. So that means forbearance. Not just patience, but forbearance. And maybe a little bit of tolerance, right? Tolerance can be a good thing. Don't let anybody tell you different. So how do we live a life postured for holiness. Number one, choose love. Choose love. That means putting on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and all of those go together. Love binds them all together in unity. And I thought about this, that a lot of times we have the tools and we understand what it means to be holy, and we have the Bible right next to us, and sometimes it's like the shirt, right, that I have on right now. It's just like, oh, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be holy. And you wrap it around your waist, and I'm like, I'm holy. But you guys can still see what I'm wearing underneath, right? <laughs> Don't go there. Sorry. Thanks, Donica. So you can still see this shirt that I'm wearing, though, right? So here's what I believe that God is asking us to do, that we're supposed to put on, put on, Oh, my gosh, it's going to be so hot here in a second. Tell me why I wore flannel in 90-degree weather. I don't know. We need to put on compassion, right? We need to put on compassion. We need to put on kindness. Fashion 2018, here I am. Okay, I'm not going to do this because it's just so hot, but I have, like, holes in my knees, so I brought pants that I was going to put over, but you get the idea. That's humility. Gentleness. And, you know, I was going to put makeup on. That's like humility, compassionate hearts and all that stuff. And then I'm just going to put my final on forgiveness. Can you, can you tell? No, really. Can you tell? With these layers, if I'm, like, either hiding fat or if I'm skinny, you don't know, you know. <laughs> I'm almost unrecognizable, right? Do you see my face? No, you can't because it's hidden. I can put my hair back here. I'm hidden. When we put on gentleness, patience, love, kindness, forbearing with one another, forgiveness, love, we become unrecognizable, to the earthly people. This is our goal. That we would not be recognized as an earthly being, but this glob of whatever, you can't even really see the humanness in me, is heavenly. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiving, love. This is choosing love because you are the chosen and beloved 
We can choose love because Christ chose us. We, he said, I choose you to belong to my family in heaven. So you can choose to put on all these things that are of my character and all these things are that are of my nature. This is what Paul is reminding us of. And I got to take this off because it's so hot. So, number one, how do we live and posture ourselves for holiness? We make a choice to be holy. This is like a hot mess up here. Is it, is it bugging anybody else? It's a perfectionist in you. Knock it out of you. All right, here you go. <laughs> I'm just helping you. How do we posture ourselves for holiness? Choose love, verse 12 through 14. And number two, pursue peace with others, verse 15 and 16. This one always hits a bone, man. Pursue peace with one another and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the, God, the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We're supposed to admonish one another with the word of God, right? We're supposed to hide ourselves or hide his word in our heart that we might not sin against God. We're supposed to hide ourselves in his nature, put on love and all that kindness for the purpose of bringing the body together. For the purpose of hiding ourselves, every single one of us, God putting like the invisible Harry Potter cloak. I'm not a Harry Potter person, my husband is. But like putting it around us so that we're with one body hidden in him. It brings us unity. Peace, pursuing peace is what's going to allow us and help us posture ourselves in holiness but it also unites us. Peace looks like unity. Peace looks like unity. And I read this somewhere. I don't know where it was. It was I snapshot it a long time ago, and I was, like, looking through all my photos for it. But it says this, holiness without unity is easy. Think about that. Holiness without unity is easy. Unity without holiness is easy. But we are called to both. Holiness without unity is easy. Man, it's easy to be holy on our own, but bring that holiness with another person's interpretation of holiness and just like, are we united? I'm not sure. You believe in speaking in tongues and you don't. You believe in women in the ministry and you don't. You believe in this and that and I, I don't. And it's like, man, pursue peace, guys. Pursue peace so that we could be unified. Unity without holiness is pretty easy, man. People are uniting all over Sacramento over so many different kinds of things. Man, I was uniting yesterday, title boxing fighting. Man, you guys, I'm so sore. This is like a shout-out to my friends at title boxing. But, man, we're uniting under that. We're uniting under the name of Sac Republic. We're uniting under, like, the name of the kings. Unfortunately, some of you are uniting under the name of the warriors, too. But we're uniting under the name of all other things that aren't really holiness. But here's the thing. We're called to both. We're called, unity and holiness are one and the same. We're called to both. Peace with every single person, though, is not possible. So I'm not saying that you have to rub shoulders and, like, be best friends with everybody. It's just not possible. And sometimes there are hurts within the body of Christ. And you don't have to be close to the person that hurt you, but you still got to love them. And you still need to pursue peace and you need to speak well of them and not gossip about them. Pursue peace. 
And peace is also attained through the study of God's word. If we're supposed to admonish one another in the word of God, if we're supposed to hide the word of God in our hearts that we might not sin against him, then we should be congregating and uniting under the word of God in the study of the word, which is what we're doing here, which is what we do in community groups, which is what we do with our families when we read to our kids at night, talking and reading the Bible. We're uniting under the word of God, and that will bring peace to your household, peace to your church, peace to your city. Hide the word of God in your heart that you may not sin against him. And finally, how do we live postured for holiness? Choose love. Number two, pursue peace with others. And three, be trained in thankfulness in Christ. Be trained in thankfulness. It says in the scripture that I read earlier, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There was a missionary, and he had, um, I think he was a missionary in the Philippines too, that's no coincidence. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really proud of my Filipino heritage, FYI. But his name is Frank Laubach, and he was a missionary. And some of his most important writings were actually writings that he put together in a pamphlet. Um, and it was based off, his, off of his study of Colossians. And he said this, and it's kind of relating to the verse I just read. But self-forgetfulness is not attained by severe self-discipline. Hear me on this. Self-forgetfulness, which is humility, thinking of yourself less, not that you're less than, but thinking of yourself less, forgetful, forgetting yourself and putting God for self-forgetfulness is not attained by severe self-discipline. How many people know that perfectionism equates to holiness for a lot of people, and a lot of people actually equate holiness to severe self-discipline? And like, it's brutal, man. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna discipline myself to be perfect in the name of Jesus. Self-forgetfulness is not attained by severe self-discipline. It will be a fact when God has become, excuse me, has come to absorb all our thoughts when every thought is from him or to him. When every thought is, oh my goodness, thank you, God, for this trial. Oh my goodness, God, thank you for this blessing. Oh my goodness, God, thank you for this church. Oh my goodness, thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, so much for the people around me. And when everything is to him, God, I ascribe you praise for the job. I ascribe you praise for this marriage. I ascribe you praise for this healthy baby. I ascribe you praise for the hardship that you're going to deliver me in. Thankfulness, thankfulness, we need to train ourselves in it. And I love what this missionary did. Let me read it. It says, one of his most widely influential devotional works was a pamphlet entitled The Game with Minutes. In it, Laubach, the missionary, urged Christians to attempt keeping God in mind for at least one second of every minute of the day. In this way, Christians can attempt the attitude of constant prayer spoken of in the epistle of the Colossians. Man, when you recognize that God is, that Jesus is supreme, when you recognize that he is enough for you, you don't need the legalism, you don't need the other philosophies of this world. When you realize that Christ is enough for you, it is not hard as hard to walk out this life of holiness. 
When you realize that, you are constantly talking to God and you're constantly staying connected to the one who is in heaven, who you are a citizen of. So if we're going to be citizens of heaven, we have to constantly be in prayer, constantly be talking to Jesus, constantly allowing him to transform our heart, constantly giving us his roadmap to being more like him. Holiness is not something to attain to or ascend to. It's being more lowly like Christ was. Christ came to this earth. The God of the universe came to this earth in a stinky manger as a baby who couldn't talk or clean himself or eat by himself. The God of the universe did that. If we want to be more holy like Christ, then we got to be more surrendered and humble the way Christ was when he came to this earth. And he also came to serve. He came to seek and save the lost, but he came to serve. He came to serve. And you know, this idea of holiness, man, it just kind of seems heavy. All that stuff I had on me was so heavy, right? It's like, how can I do this? You know how we're going to do this? We're going to be able to wear the heavy things. We're going to be able to carry the heavy shield. We're going to be able to put on the heavy armor when we're going into battle with the enemy. We're going to be able to put on love and all these heavy things because underneath all of that armor, underneath all of the love and all of that is the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Being holy, the concept of being holy is a heavy concept which is why I never want to preach it, but Caleb always schedules me to preach about holiness. But I'm thankful for it because I say, God, you are greater in me. You are greater in me. There's a heaviness about being holy. There's a heaviness about walking on this earth, this place that I don't belong to. I belong to a a family in heaven. My citizenship is in heaven. There's a heaviness to it. But if we can put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, we will walk a holy life. And people will no longer say, I don't want that perfectionism holy thing. They will run to you because it's attractive. It's attractive when we're mature believers who love well, who are humble, who are servants, who are saying, you before me. I'm third, God first, other second, myself third. That's what I can say. We are third. We are last. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want to just challenge you to do that this week. Every minute of your day, try to think of Christ for one second so we can change that mindset to a a heavenly mindset and we might be able to walk out this life holy. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your heads?